Available on all podcast platforms. This is the Psychology Cast, the podcast that interviews unique individuals on why they do what they do. Welcome to this podcast, Back to Psychology Cast. Um, hope you guys are all well. Um, today's conversation, I'm going to be talking to Mila Prani, um, who is a PhD student and it's an interesting area that he's doing. He's looking at sound, um, and it's something that um, you know I've been fascinated by. I mean, I do think that you know one of our sensory um, uh, kind of like triggers helps us to understand the world in a way that we haven't seen before, and I, it, I suppose it fits in with a lot of psychology and the way we behave. So, welcome, Mila. Um, how are you doing? Uh, I'm having, uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, Mila, where are you from? Like, where, where, I know you're a PhD student, but where are you studying? Uh, I'm originally originally from India. Uh, I'm studying at uh, the University of Surrey and uh, in the Institute of Sound Recording. Okay, and then what year are you in your study then on your PhD? Uh, currently, uh, I'm in my second year. It's, uh, the, you could say like 2.5 almost. Uh, it will be three very soon because uh, uh, April was the, April 2020 was when I uh, started my PhD, so. <laughs> I only laughed because it was just the year, just the start of the pandemic, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I had a very interesting thing where, you know, I'd booked my flight for like 3rd of April 2020 and the the consensus around the world was okay the pandemic will be done by march end everything will be normal post that nah <laughs> never gonna happen yeah that's, that's not yeah that is interesting no i just i just think that because i was just finishing then i you know i had my viva in march well it got cancelled because of the pandemic so i was just finishing in that same time when you were starting off um, it's been a weird time, isn't it? Yeah, extremely weird. I mean, uh, the, it was it was a whole journey. It was like I wouldn't say a journey, but more like it was a long, fascinating story. The way I managed to come here, because I did my the first six months of my PhD back home in India, and it it was almost like. Uh, it was almost like I felt like I'd never be able to make it here and use the facilities and the labs here because we were looking at trying to find uh, backup plans on how to continue this PhD in case, you know, in case the pandemic becomes worse. But then it was almost like, uh, like a heist planning the journey to come here. As soon as my visa came in, I was like, okay, I have to make it as quickly as possible because you do not know when things will change again. And I kind of landed around the time when like, I think the first, the, I think the first set of lockdowns happened in London. So I landed uh, in like hours before the lockdown started. So wow. Was, really? Yeah, hours was, just yeah. before. Yeah. Just before. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's just been so um, unpredictable um, the way the way the world has gone, and you know, has an impact on our studies. And you're doing it 
And you, so you have to be here because you needed, like I said, the labs, because you're looking into mm-hmm. sound, right? Um, hopefully I'm sounding all right, because I, I, I know I kind of like interested in sound, because um, you can see this microphone that I was telling you about just before we came on. Um, the, I think, I don't know, um, for some reason, we're listening to a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because of the pandemic, maybe because we are living a busy lifestyle, so we don't have time to watch stuff. Although this is available both on, you know, YouTube and um, the podcast, but people um, want to hear, everyone keeps talking about good quality of sound. So, you know, um, why did you choose sound? Like, why are you, why are you doing sound, uh, like a look, researching sound? It's because uh, I've been a musician all my life. I mean, right from the time I re- I can remember. I mean, I took lessons starting from the age of six, but even before that, I was, you know, I was always singing or listening to music somewhere. And uh, because of that, you know, because of listening to music, you also become very, very observant towards sound and observant towards, uh, you know, what is going on around you. And, uh, you know, for a musician, I think the most important quality quality of music is that it has to sound good or it has to make the, uh, make the person listening to your music feel good. And uh, that attitude is very easily transferable into, into our daily life experiences as well, where we would always prefer to have an experience where you do not have any kind of noise, you do not have any kind of, you know, problem to the ear and especially with the urban environment that we we have been living in the last few years now it's been uh, it's been a case of you know a lot of noise pollution of various kinds and you know there is sufficient research that's been uh, that's been done that has been talking about how people have been losing uh, losing hearing more regularly because of living in a more urban environment and how the thresholds of noise have been really 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 increasing because of that so i feel like these kind of things have really interested me right from right from the get go and that that kind of uh, has always kept me kept me going in the direction of how to make the whole experience better how to make uh, music sound better how to make life sound better in a way yeah, that's. I mean, I I think that's that's an interesting point that you raise. Um, I didn't know that um, people are losing their um, hearing more frequently or more. And that is that because I don't know. Are we because we're increasing more as a population in these areas, so the sound you know is increasing. If you like, the volume is increasing. You know, what do you think it is? It's a combination of both, actually. So, of course, as the population increases, there is more uh, there is more urbanization. You need more homes, so that means that there's more development, and that whole experience leads to more mechanization. And plus, the other thing is also that uh, you know the uh, technology. I mean, the kind of rate at which technology has grown over the past, say, hundred years, has been crazy. I mean, uh, we uh, we wouldn't have imagined the fact that sound could be recorded as 
as late as like 1870s. That was when the first recording device was made. And since then, we've come to a level where, you know, we are trying to get as close to the fidelity of the original sound to uh, as we can. And uh, that experience overall, uh, you know, that kind of a technological growth also means that you are, you know, exposed to music much more. But you're also exposed to various kinds of environmental sounds much more. So it's it's a little bit of both as well, because our over exposure to music as well has an effect on our hearing. I mean, there is there is again sufficient research to show you that you know more people are listening to music. I mean, I I did a survey myself as part of my PhD work to determine uh, determine what people need to change in their headphone listening experience, and. Uh, as you said uh, earlier, uh, I mean, what what uh, I saw was that more than 75% per, uh, of the world is listening to music now and uh, using various kinds of headphones or uh, or even speakers or any any kind of uh, technological devices. But it's also uh, but it's also that uh, uh, it and this has also caused uh, you know various risks of hearing loss because people like to listen to music as loud as possible. I mean, that's how that's how we are all programmed. <laughs> we we kind of just want to get the world out of uh, out of our uh, vision and uh, out of our ears, and just listen to what we can and just filter out everything else. But. Uh, Overall, it's it's a combination of both. I would say, like the higher higher population, and it's it's kind of like playing off of each other, where the population is higher, more mechanization. <laughs> the more mechanization, the, the the more chances of population getting higher. Even though, uh, uh, yeah, that that's how it looks like. I mean, so that's why the uh, overall um, acoustic experience, maybe say even fifty years earlier, was much more quieter compared to what it is now. What I'm I like what you said about people like to listen to the um, volume, you know, full volume, if you like, high volume. Um, I'm probably one of them. Um, if any of the listeners are listening, I'm sure they know. Um, they probably listen to this on full, full volume as well. It's, I mean, that, do you think basically we are increasing the volume maximal, like maximizing the volume, is because we can't hear as well at low frequency or like a low volume, if you like. I don't know if I'm saying it correct, but is it? Do you think that could be an issue, or do you think that's an, as an effect as a factor? It is because the environmental noise has been increasing significantly. So. What people try to usually do is try to filter out the environment and listen to what they want to listen to. Uh, in a way, it, it could be called like, you know, there's something called soundscape personalization, where you try to personalize the soundscape that you're listening to. So if you have, uh, if you have say, a wonderful track that you really love that you're listening to, you don't want to be listening, uh, you don't want to be listening to a bus passing by in the background so uh, it's basically uh, it it's a major part of what i've been trying to work on as well that you know how can we curate our own soundscape 
but still maintain that kind of control where we need to listen to uh, we get to listen to what we need to listen to and uh, it is uh, it is it's a natural tendency for us to try to filter out other things when we are listening to something that we like and uh, it could be dangerous sometimes but it definitely uh, is a worthwhile and a very fun musical <laughs> experience to get so it's a very tight rope uh, it's a kind of tight rope that you walk on where you have to choose between pleasure and utility and uh, it's very interesting it's very very interesting to think about because uh, on the one hand you need a pleasurable and a really good musical listening ex uh, a listening experience but you also also need to take care that you have an environment outside of you so you have to be very careful of what uh, what is in that environment and there might be things that you might not be expecting that might be happening in front of you or behind you or anywhere around i never saw it from i never saw it like that um so i think that's really helpful um especially at, at a time where i think like you know we've talked about you know Uh, we we come through like digital revolution but most of it's like all about visuals and on screen stuff we know when we talks about the audio and sound of you know sound factors or sound impact what's happening there and you're right maybe because we've changed our behavior because of technology we now have more stuff in our pockets like i said we got more equipment around um you know headphones so naturally we are going to be listening to more sounds more closely than we would have done say 20 years ago you know yeah isn't it and that's probably like to have an effect and be interesting to see what happens when we get older so where that part of that generation um how do we maintain our hearing levels when we get older and it will it be the same because you're right you know environmental sounds are increasing but also our i don't know do you think people listen to sound like you know we're blocking up the world to tackle or to address or to distance themselves um to, so they can look after their their mental well-being um so we we kind of like because I, i think i like what you said earlier about we shut out the world i'm thinking why do we do that um because the world is noisier than we like it because uh to give you an example even at home uh you know the standard the standards say that our noise noises should be at around 45 dba and so on so db is decibel and dba is what we what is called a weighted decibels which is supposed to be the standardized way of measuring something uh which uh, in a perceptual way that is very close to the human hearing so it's called db dba and uh, then you have certain household devices like hoovers or uh, or uh, for example mixing devices or mixers or uh, blenders now these kind of devices already uh, already have a, are very loud by themselves so in general this essentially means that the entire model modern living experience means that you're always exposed to some or the other kind of noise 
which was very different from say even even 50 years ago where you did not have comparatively you know loud devices and 50 years actually is a very short time in in the evolution of humankind and thinking about that uh, it's it essentially means that in the span of like almost half of a lifetime we have we have the kind of uh, increase in noise levels which is very very significant and because of that you know people people have started to realize that it is a pretty noisy environment out out there and which is why there is more of a tendency to uh, to you know start look, start trying to avoid that noise or uh, you know try to see uh, try to find ways to you know just find that time to get out of that that kind of a noise zone it's uh, you know there are, there have been uh, studies in a, uh, done to also understand the kind of stress levels that these noise increases have caused over the years and it is interesting to see that the urban living experience in general uh, you know has has been now getting to a point where you know it is already pretty close to uh, noise levels that may cause you know various kinds of hearing disorders as well as you know mental health issues like you know uh, like uh, some sometimes depression sometimes uh, sometimes even you know hallucinations or other kind of similar issues so it is a very uh, as an environment it's a very tough time that we are living in which is why it people value that experience of being able to filter out noise and listen to what they want to because it's not noise from only one source there are multiple sources of noise i mean you have your you have your heating system that has its own that has, that has its own uh, din going on then you have like if you're living at home there might be someone else doing some kind of work that you might be able to hear and so on so you actually crave that sometimes crave that experience of you know silence or as much silent as it can get yeah i thought you got me thinking about the some of the things around when i hoover mm-hmm. um i put my headphones on mm-hmm. and to block out the hoover sound i have to put increase my volume because i can hear yeah. the hoover so <laughs> i'm probably damaging something there and then i think about in the washing machine is a classic example the microwave is is another example um all these sort of the washing machines a bit more longer because they've got a longer cycle and so it to block out all the noise and um i'm sure we're doing things to block out the sound so we can focus on what we are good we're going to do we're trying to be at an efficient or we're trying to focus and i don't know i'm just thinking does this then impact our sleep because if our brain is managing like those noises you know throughout the day and when we go to sleep we're going to find it harder to fall asleep because the sound volumes and everything has been ringing for such a long time or are we conditioned and it it doesn't matter anyway um i mean sleep apnea has been known as one of the conditions of you know uh, or like symptoms of overexposure to uh, you know sound or noise as well i mean it's it's a known it's a known uh, uh, symptom in a way where uh, where it has been known for a while at least in the scientific world that 
exposure to uh, you know exposure to long uh, long term exposure to noise above a certain level can cause these kind of symptoms like sleep apnea or like you know ringing or even tinnitus for that matter so it is very very uh, 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 like there are there are standards now for uh, you know exposure to sound as well i mean uh, one of the standards that i've been also using is is a is a standard for personal sound devices so if you're listening to mobile phones if you're listening to headphones there is now a standard to determine how much you should be listening to them listening to daily so if for example if you're listening to uh, uh, 80 dBA is approximately uh, like at around 60% of your total volume so 80 dBA you can only listen to for uh, around i would say if i'm not wrong you can listen to 80 dba for uh, let me check it is i think it is around 40 d uh, 40 hours in the week so you can listen uh, and this keeps uh, the uh, number of hours keeps de decreasing by a factor of 2 every time you increase the db by uh, by 5 db so if you listen if you go to 85 db which is approximately 75% then you have to then that factor drops by 2 so that means that uh, at at 80 dba you if you can listen to something for uh, for uh, for 5 hours every day at at 85 dba you can listen to it at only 2.5 for only 2.5 hours then at 90 dba which is almost uh, 90% of uh, the volume you can only listen to it for for an hour and not more So yeah, I have tried. <laughs> I have tried it myself, but I can see. Yeah, my my was still good. I can't listen to it for more longer when it's maximum volume because it really irritates, um, yeah. or the brain just shuts down. Doesn't process. It's not as enjoyable put it that way. Yeah, I came across. I mean, the reason why I mentioned about the sleep and how the sound and noise, because I came across the. Um, I had to cover it some of it in my PhD, um, thinking about it. noise pollution uh, we know that and i had to and i put down in my in my phd that there's some research out there that suggests that when you you know you have more health problems if you're living in a noisy environment than someone who's not living as in a no noisy environment particularly in urban areas because it's a sound and it's having an effect on things like obesity for example mm -hmm. um i i i didn't i even and even in working in public health for local authorities and commissioner I was quite aware of this uh, environmental factors and noise pollution was something that we never really crossed my mind what, what what's your thoughts on that i mean it's i think it's understandable as well because um to put it in a in a very different perspective um a lot of people do not consider noise pollution as you know something important to be thought about because you know what the attitude of people is that is is that yeah we get used to it and uh, without realizing that i mean for to give you an example the london underground there was a study done on the london underground which was published in 2020 
which actually measured the measured the noise levels inside the London underground. And what it showed that people were regularly getting exposed to, you know, very high noise levels, which were much, much above the, you know, standard dosage of noise levels that they could, that they could listen to. So for example, if you're on the Bakerloo line, you're almost like 10 to 15 dBs above the required, uh, you know, above the, you know, sta standard exposure levels. So it, this essentially means that even though people don't realize it, they are being exposed to high noise levels when uh, uh, in their daily lives and without even realizing it. So, but it uh, but because of the fact that the development has happened at such a fast pace, and you know we like development in general, and we like you know making our lives easier <laughs> a lot more. It's just that uh, you know this factor misses people's eyes a lot because uh, I mean development looks cool, sounds cool, but you know, there is, there's a cost to it that people do not usually recognize. And once, and once they do, it's usually a little, little bit, uh, a little bit late and it almost feels like, you know, it's uh, too little, too late a lot of the times. And that's what has been seen in terms of, you know, even the kind of, understanding of sound and noise pollution where you know you feel like too little has been done and it's been done too late yeah i mean i, I just think there's that we have to think about the human cost um because essentially it comes back around to us anyway and we end up paying more um and so what are you particularly researching on what is your research focused on then yourself at the university of surrey um, so I'm working for this uh, project called the In Here Project, which is jointly sponsored by Bang & Olufsen, as well as the University of Surrey. And uh, the, the research that I'm doing essentially uh, pertains to uh, rendering algorithms that are, uh, no, that are not context dependent, which means, that, uh, which means that I will try to develop technologies to make sure that you have a good listening experience in whatever context that you are in. So you might be at home, you might be in, a, in public transport, or you might be on the street, or you might be in a different kind of environment. And the idea is that we want to be, we want to be able to give you a good listening experience uh, in spite and irrespective of where you are. So it essentially means that you try to understand the interactions between the headphone media and the environment. And you try to determine what the user should be listening to and what the user should not be listening to based on various kinds of criteria, which might be, for example, safety, where if they're on, on the road or if they're on the street, they will need to listen to certain sounds, like uh, they will need to listen to uh, traffic or they will need to listen to uh, they will need to listen to someone walking by them if they if they for the secu for security of course like if you feel like you might uh, you might be um, 
you might be affected by some person like you know uh, walking by you and you don't realize it that that becomes an important factor doesn't it or if you are talking there might also be cases where you want to listen to music but you also want to talk to someone so those kind of things are what we are trying to understand and work on and uh, the other the other important thing is that we are trying to understand uh, you know what constitutes what constitutes the whole listening experience and what kind of what are the various kinds of listening that you do which is which is another very interesting thing to look at so that is the kind of uh, things that i have been working on and trying to understand how we can overall improve the listening experience it's one of the, uh, thanks for sharing I, I it's one of the reasons why i like doing this podcast because i you know i hear about work that never really thought existed before in areas and i think about you know the cross discipline um how does that apply into into my field of psychology and human behavior and how can we then translate this and interpret this in in our teachings and our evidence and our discussions because i think we all have different um key solutions if you feel like to a key uh, to a certain problems and you know you need to have people in different fields bringing their perspectives knowledge skills um and expertise and that's how we get to solve uh, certain uh, problems in society so um so yeah it, it, it was the what the the last the the sec- next part of the podcast is just focusing around your journey into mm-hmm. a phd uh, normally we do it the other way around but we, depending on how the conversation well, goes um so yeah why yeah tell me about how come you've ended up doing a phd in it i mean is this something you always want to do a phd or is it something that's been with you from i know you say you're a musician are you like a um when you say musician do you mean that you play instruments or you're a singer um so the aspect there's there's two questions there um one is about your route into um phd and the other one was about um what uh, yeah what type of um, musician are you are you are you specializing uh, in so uh i'm uh, i'm actually an indian classical musician uh although i also do do like do you know bollywood and sometimes even uh, western music i i do sing english songs and uh, i have a liking for opera as well uh, i'm a singer and and but i've also taught myself how to play the piano the guitar and the drums and uh, i've been learning indian classical from the age of 6 and uh, uh, i also have an all india radio uh, certification so this means that i am uh, i'm actually a graded professional musician in india and i can do concerts um that said i mean i was always uh, i was as a child i was always interested in uh, in music and you know becoming a musician and i believe that my journey always went went in that direction but uh, somewhere around the line you know uh, with, uh, being south asian has a major impact on it because uh, you know south south asia has this very peculiar thing where you know the parents expect you to follow or you know 
you are expected to follow a certain mold so you can become an engineer doctor lawyer those kind of you know stable jobs where you get where you get uh, where you get a good a 9 to 5 simple routine you get a stable salary and everything is good your parents are happy your family is happy everything is happy but um, i felt like i have wanted to become a musician but then uh, but then both me and my parents were starting to realize that you know classical music and music in general as a as an industry was a was a gigs oriented industry so you never had a stable income and it was not a surety that you were going to succeed or not and uh, i would have to say that uh, that didn't hit me as much at that time because i was young i was like 17 or 18 just getting into college i did have that discussion with my parents where uh, where we where we tried to you know get to a common place or a common solution that you know i i was i was looking to do music but my parents were, uh, but i was a good student overall so i had the chance to engineering as well so finally we just hit this you know i would say quid pro quo maybe where we were like uh, where i basically was like okay i will do engineering if you want me to do engineering i'll do engineering for 4 years and then I, after that i'm free to do whatever i want right so yeah after that i did engineering i did finish my engineering and uh, after uh, but after engineering i wanted to try living the musician life and doing doing it in that way and i tried it and i would say that i really enjoyed my time doing it but i also realized that it was not for me because i saw the i saw that one thing that my guru who taught me music had always said that you know don't sing for the don't sing for the tummy but sing for the heart so this that essentially meant that you know don't sing to try to try to get your next meal sing because you want to sing so <laughs> that kind of stuck with me and i started to realize that you know i'd rather do it that way which is why uh, which is why um which is actually why i got uh, got back into engineering i would say uh, act, uh, actually uh, i was i was a pretty okay student in engineering and i really loved signal processing because it was very very close to what i was doing as a, uh, uh, at that time i was also kind of dabbling into music production and uh, you know it was almost like seeing theory and practical at the same time so in theory you learn of what what uh, filters are and in practical you are actually using those filters to equalize a song or equalize a track so that that kind of you know theory plus practical approach made me really interested in signal processing and i kind of realized that this could be the way i wanted to go ahead and uh, that is when that is when i on a whim i saw that georgia tech had a music technology course and i applied and i got through i was surprised myself i didn't believe that i could but i somehow got through and that's what i did at georgia tech which was 
very interesting to me because i kind of i kind of don't see myself as a software engineer in general even though it is a major part of what i'm doing now i don't see myself as someone who enjoys coding or like really enjoys uh working with software in general whereas everyone around me was like very well versed with software engineering the fundamentals how to code and so on and i had to kind of go on this experience of you know learning things on the job while everyone else around you is really good at it and i enjoyed that whole process and that's i think been the crux of my whole journey later as well where i really enjoy steep learning curves so wherever when i really love that challenge of you know having uh, having something you do not know about and and you have a deadline to finish things and then just you know and just you know pushing yourself to learn on the job and get get a solution before your before your deadline is done and uh, that's what i did at georgia tech i was basically working on uh, i was basically working first on machine learning for music which is which is a very evolved topic now i mean there is a lot of work going on on machine learning for music uh, there's a whole symposium that happens every year called ismir which is international symposium on music information retrieval which essentially is trying to retrieve information from music using various kind of techniques which mostly in, include machine learning and deep learning techniques today and uh, later i realized that i enjoyed core dsp more so my final project essentially was a core hardcore dsp project dsp related project and then post that uh, post that uh, post that i went back to india and um, i got a job in a singapore based firm where i was essentially i essentially developed the world's short the smallest uh, karaoke device it was called the popsicle remix 2 and it's uh, it it's a very uh, it, it's a very interesting process that i went through because i had to go to uh, i had to work on making the project product from scratch and on every aspect including hardware uh, i had to work on project management as well because i went to china for 6 months and had to had to overall learn how to do things uh, from do th uh, how to do things from scratch and then see the see the oversee the whole manufacturing process uh, get uh, get get new versions of the product and make sure that uh, it had all the necessary uh, quality quality assurances that it could i had to basically test and qa the product as well and then i had to write code for the product so it was like it was like i was kind of doing everything un uh, under the sun and uh, and that that really that really gave me a lot of experience in in like the space of two years that i could get and that and that was around when i decided that i i felt like i wanted to do i wanted to do a phd because because uh, there were two reasons one was that you know everyone around me in my family was doing it <laughs> and you know you know south asian families there is a good amount of pressure and you know and uh, when you see that everyone around you is doing it you feel like okay you have to give it a try uh, 
but the other reason was also that uh, the ph uh, i i have always wanted to teach in a way because i used to, so in the year that i was uh, in the year that i was doing music i was also teaching and i really enjoyed that process and i realized that i like i like that interaction between between uh, you know teacher and student and i felt like i wanted to wanted to teach and the phd was a good way to go uh, to get to that point and which is why i decided that i wanted to wanted to do a phd yeah and thank you thank you again for sharing i i i think that you know you are able to i think what's good it's you able to find a way to combine your interest and your passion um and paying attention to those and sticking to your choices and your decision you know um say look i'm i'm not going to do this i'll do it but i have a plan or i want to do something i want to do and somehow you've you've kind of like kept that side even at this level um you know being a musician and doing phd in, in the area of sound like it's and you said about teaching um because i think when you're fully invested you know like on a motivational level um the industry benefits like they get a person who's really cares about this area and understands and is from that area so i think having that um you know, this is what makes a you know valuable contribution to the to the sector because yes. you know people need to know like okay you know why does this guy care you know yeah. where where is his mind from you know how does it all relate where does it make sense where's the you know rationale <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah i'm sure we're going to come across that word in your phd where's the rationale for everything so to having that sort of like you know personal link into it is what will keep you motivated and will understand your own interests at a, at a deeper level if you like because you're really able to go into the detail and when you're sitting with other you know your colleagues and other peers because you're a musician you're you're able to bring that sharper perspective you know that different side to it um because you're in you know in I don't, I don't know how many people who for our musicians and also doing a phd basically yeah i saw that very closely when i was i was queuing my own product because i was invested in it because i'm a singer and i mean karaoke is like the singer's dream isn't it you get to sing you get to sing your favorite song so that was what uh, that was what was really interesting to me because i was basically singing at my job <laughs> what more would i want right i mean and that's what i realized that you know the more closer that uh, you know your work is to your passion the more you know the more aligned you feel it is and it it really and that that's what's happening to me here as well because the things that i have been learning have been so beautiful in a way where um, i'm getting to play with technology that that can uh, that will i believe become mainstream in a few years time where it will be it will be mainstream to be able to listen to spatial audio for example it's it's already mainstream i mean apple has its apple has a spatial audio catalog now so it's already pretty much mainstream but uh, i mean it's not exactly the kind of spatial audio that is the best but 
that is that is what really gives me that you know kicker or gives me that uh, you know gives me that uh, pleasure of working in what I'm doing. Yeah, I I just I just think it's you know I think you're right absolutely about what you said about alignment. Um, you know I think it's important for you know scientists researchers um, for anyone really to pursue something that's going to give them and generate a positive well-being because there is that element to it like we're trying to discover who we are and the more we're making a you know like it's a valuable contribution to society is one of the one of what we call one of the wise way five ways to well-being so learning is is a key element of that um so and and yeah the future looks does look exciting i mean i remember seeing this other sound um it was a it's called a virtual haircut and I put oh, yeah. it on. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's some years ago. I think someone played it about 12 years ago to me. And um, I just thought it's fascinating that my brain can basically pick up the sound, put the earphones on from different parts of the room and where it is. Um, but so where does your, what, what's your plans next? And, you know, I know we're coming to the end of the podcast. So what's your plans next? And if people wanted to get in touch um and to learn more about work and to hear from you what you know where do they contact you um so the plans next for me are uh, i mean uh, i will be i'm actually running i've actually run a set of experiments for my work and um, i'm planning to publish in in a journal pretty soon i also have another conference paper that i will be publishing pretty soon as well so it's kind of i'll be working on two separate papers at the same time it's going to be very <laughs> interesting writing is not exactly my <laughs> favorite thing to do but i'm getting there I'm, I'm getting to a point where i'm starting to enjoy the process um on the other hand post the phd i'm actually looking to maybe uh maybe join maybe join a company or work in the ar or vr sector where uh, uh on maybe the gaming industry where you know there is a lot of research going on in terms of how sound could be integrated to create a much better much better and much realistic experience in terms of gaming as well as the possibilities that i could also work in the headphone industry because i've already developed algorithms and technologies for headphones as well so basically i basically there are quite a few avenues that i could go to post my phd uh but uh, on the other hand i'm also a musician so i also will try to keep looking to perform uh, around the uk around europe uh, in india as much as i can uh and to uh, if you if you want to reach out to me to know more about my work uh, you could contact me on my uh, on my linkedin which is Milap Rane again, and my Instagram, where I do post a lot of videos of me singing and stuff like that, which is more personal. But I also sometimes post work-related updates there. Uh, my Instagram is uh, at the rate Milaps underscore musings. I'm also available on Twitter, and my Twitter is. Uh, Rane Mila, so R-A-N-E-M-I-L-A-P.
I also, uh, I'm also available on email. So, um, I mean, my email ID is um, milapworks at gmail.com. No, thank you so much, man. I'll put those details down in the um, link um, to this podcast so people can get in touch with you. Um, and I think it's fascinating. You know, you've got so much um, passion and also um ways forward with this you know and the way you've said you know what earlier uh, what i really like what stuck up for me um you know singing from the heart not from the tummy is a you know shows is a brilliant um, example of like following your vision your goals and your values you know focus on the values that you are adding so before we go um i normally ask the guest um to provide um just a few few last words of they want to share with the audience who might be listening or to the listener who might be listening to this podcast and then once you stop um talking i'll stop recording so just a few words um, whatever comes to mind um but before i go um, i just want to thank you so much for taking part in this podcast psychology cast i wish you well I'm sure it's going to be an exciting time for you and the industry and for the University of Surrey. So over to you, Milan. Um, last, I really enjoyed talking to you, uh, Jonil, about everything. And uh, I mean, I've had a very, uh, you know, sometimes I still wonder how I reached here from where I started because I... I've had quite a few ups and downs and I've had to make those decisions based on, I've had to had, I've had to have a lot of mental dialogue and a lot of, you know, thinking on what I want to be doing and what I, what I think I should be doing. I think it, it also depends on what you think you want your legacy to be at the end of the day. I mean, when I think about, my PhD work or when I think about my music, I always think about what impact it could leave behind for, you know, for whoever is listening or, or whoever is using the work that I will, I have done in my PhD. Uh, it's always been about, you know, trying to create a better world or a better place in general, or from, for my music, if, if I, if I can make someone feel more relaxed or more happy with my music, so it's all about trying to find that final goal or that final objective of what you think your work should do for you. And even though, uh, even though a lot of the times your work is the more important thing than you, but if your work is doing the work that you set out to do, that that's where uh, that's where you feel like you've achieved your goals. Available on all podcast platforms. This is the Psychology Cast, the podcast that interviews unique individuals on why they do what they do.